guys, this is the first episode of 2022 of Comedians Exposed. Oh my God, we're still here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for the feedback. I'm super excited for the first episode of the new year. This person I got to do a show with um, a while ago. It feels like years ago. uh, And we're going to talk about um, at Brooklyn House of Comedy. And I love this person so much. They just seem to exude like what I want in comedy of just having fun on stage and just being silly. Their YouTube or um, TikTok videos crack me up. I'm so excited. Please welcome Marcy Smiles to Comedians Exposed. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure that you could be here. How are you doing? Happy New Year. I'm actually okay, and happy new year to you, too. And I say, listen, new year, new laughs. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Marcy, if you could do me a favor, tell everybody where they could find you on social media before we jump right into everything. Sure. On uh, on Instagram, you can find me on uh, Marcy Smiles um, or, or good um, underscore the letter N as in Nancy underscore plenty 602. Or you can find me on TikTok at laughwithme602. And I love your TikTok so much. (laughs) Listen, I I like TikTok because it really, it just, it lets you be, if it's crazy, if it's your crazy, if it's wild, it's your wild. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes, they have um, uh, guidelines, yes, but a lot of my comedy is not raunchy anyway, so I don't mind the guidelines, but it just lets you be as wild and creative as you want. And that's what I love about the platform. And it it, it, it helped to me, it helps me creatively in terms of, you know, doing comedy. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Do you find that like, um, do you translate like the things that you do in TikTok? Do they become jokes that you do on stage? Actually, it doesn't, but I, I feel like I have to keep doing that to, to stay, just to be in the know. Like I need to know what's, what people laughing at now. What's, you know, what is the, what is the latest thing that people laughing at? Sometimes they become jokes on stage, but a lot of times not because I actually talk about my real life on stage Yeah, and TikTok. I use it like for skits and stuff like that. So, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm on stage. I'm really talking about, you know, me. Yeah, you have a lot of characters on TikTok, you know, um, yes. a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which again, I do, I enjoy TikTok and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I do feel like it's like a good exercise in, you know, again, keeping the pulse on what's going on, particularly like, again, because it's hard. TikToks are not easy to do, you know? Um, no, it's not. And I just, and I've toned, I've toned back a lot only because don't get me TikTok. I love the platform. I really, really do the creativity from so many people, but it is time consuming. Yeah. You log on in the daytime, next year, you know, it's nighttime and it goes like that. So I've actually limited like once or twice a week, I'll go on and see what's going on. But other than that, I really had to pull back because I was falling behind in other stuff. And 
it can really draw you in like that. That's how good the videos are. And that's not yeah. a bad thing, but if you got things to do, right, that's not a good thing either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like, again, with, like, doing comedy, like, doing stand-up, like, there's all these other venues, but they're equally time-consuming, like Twitter, TikTok. And it's like, okay, but what about, like, again, joke writing, actually performing, being at, like, going to open mics to practice your crap. You know, how time-consuming that is. It's, like, literally, like... You really have to pick and choose like yeah. where you're yes. going to like lay down and put the work in. You're absolutely right. And I, and I kind of, what I do is basically Facebook, Facebook is for me to connect with family and friends. I have, I have grand, I got aunties on there. I got church people. I don't put a lot of my comedy on Facebook. That's basically, I use Facebook to see whose birthday it is. Uh, unfortunately to see who died. And, you know, just to let people know, okay, hey, I'm still alive and stuff like that. Um, Instagram, I post a lot of my skits and TikTok. I don't have Twitter, period. I said, I, I to me, I just said, I can't do it. Did, to get Twitter, and a lot of people, oh, you don't have Twitter, you don't have Twitter. I had to cut it off because, I, again, the time, things are, it's time consuming. So I said, you know what? I have to stop somewhere. So I, I do not have Twitter. Um, and I juggle between Instagram and TikTok and that that's, and again, that's my limitations. I have some friends that have everything bless their heart, but I, I know again, I have limits. And once I really said, I wanted to do stand up comedy, that's when I realized I said, yeah. okay, I have to limit the time again, because like you said, not only we traveling to do comedy on stage, you have to prepare. That means writing. Mm -hmm. That means rewriting. Yeah. You may go to open mic and you may have written it and said it. And then you didn't particularly like the way it came off. So now you got to rewrite it. And maybe I'm on the train. I'm rewriting on the train or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that to me, that's why I said, so you know what? Something's got to give. And for me, it was, I, I don't have Twitter. Yeah. So what got you into comedy? What drew you into uh, this? weird wonderful world of jokes it, it, it is it is a weird and wonderful world isn't it <laughs> that's that's a, that's an excellent question you know what um i've been doing and it's what i started on i didn't start on tiktok i started doing comedy on instagram i remember watching uh tammy uh rowan she had the bonnet chronicles i don't know if you know so she would be in her bonnet and she's, you know, telling all of this funny stuff. So that's my, that was my first skit ever. I, I imitated her in a bonnet. And, but my, the difference was I put all this makeup on my eyebrows. So I looked like Oscar the Grouch. I look like Oscar the Grouch with a bonnet on my head and I'm in a robe and I'm just going off about something. So that was, that was about four years ago. And I've been doing skits ever since. Oh, Wow. So I like about, I want to ask you said you put makeup on when the first time you did it. Was yes. that something deliberate that you did? Like was that like it was deliberate was about? And, and and because because I wanted Okay, so the, the the image in my head was even before you press play, I wanted you to what in the hell is she doing? I wanted that response. I wanted you to laugh before you even press play. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so if you saw, if you would see what she, you would, you would be like, if you're strolling and you saw it, be like, what the hell is this? 
So that was the whole purpose. I wanted to stand out. Yeah. And then from eyebrows, then, um, you know, I, I developed different characters. So I went from like, let's say with her, I developed a grandmother character, which actually um, is, is, is a, it's a tribute to my own mother. Um, you know, she's not here, unfortunately, but it's actually a tribute to my own mother with how she raised us uh, being a Southern woman with, you know, all of these, you know, uh, uh, strict rules, quote unquote. So uh, the grandmother character is actually a tribute to her. Okay. And then because that I have the thick mustache and the big red lipstick. And again, my mother would wear lipstick and sometimes she didn't always get it on the lips. The lipstick would go on, you know, on the chin or, or so, you know, I purposely, and again, it wasn't obvious to everybody, but for the comedy, I, I purposely, you know, went overboard with it. So I had, I had red all over and then I had the thick mustache and then I got the glasses with the gray hair. Yeah. So, um, and then I did that. And then I, I came up with a man character. I said, listen, well, I have to, I have to broaden this. I want to do grandmother's year and all that. So I came up with a man character. His name is Marcus. So the funny story to that is the first time I did Marcus was on TikTok. Yeah. So, I'm just, this is, I'm just going to say this, the Marcus <laughs> character, <laughs> because again, when I get into a character, I like to embody the character, meaning and not only the makeup, the dress too. So like with the grandmother, I'll put on a, 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 a grandmother gown. Yeah. Like you'll see, like I embody, I try to embody the whole character. So with Marcus, not only did I have a mustache and a goatee, yeah. I had the do-rag on with the hat and the, you know how the guys wear the one stud earring. <laughs> and then I had a Yankee, I mean, a, a, it was a Nick sweatshirt with the thick chain. So I looked like a dude. I had all of these women on TikTok. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, you fine. This and that. Okay, so I had to, yes. These women was hitting on Marcus. So I had to tell them because again, you have, you know, I guess you have transgender, you have all types of people on there. So I had to say, you know, I appreciate the compliments and things of that nature, but I am a female. I, I just do this as a character. Yeah. So I had to kind of, put a video out and kind of explain that because yeah they they was after me wow <laughs> so I, I say i only say that to say i must make a i must make a better looking man than i do woman <laughs> i wanted to ask you about with all these characters do you have like a theater background or where do all the characters come from all the characters come from because i'm a fool <laughs> I feel like you know what um Deanna sometimes I don't know if you ever felt like this but I turned I turned I turned 50 in August happy birthday when's your birthday in August uh August 30th so I'm, oh. I'm a Virgo and I turned 50 so you know this year I'll be 51 you know uh hopefully but I always I don't know if you ever felt like that it feel like even though I was doing comedy for maybe like four years, it felt like it's something I should have been doing a long time ago. You know how, you know, you go to school, you do the things that you, that your parents tell you you're supposed to do. You're supposed to work and you're supposed to go to school, get a high education. I went to college. I played basketball in college. I was fortunate to get a scholarship. I did all of those things. And after college, then I worked and you get your own apartment. Like, it's like, you feel like your life is, 
planned out for yeah. you. Yep. Because you know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, and you, you gotta, you know, be a productive citizen and this and that. But it feels like this is something that I should have been doing a long time ago. Was it, it something like you wanted to do a long time ago and you just kind of like suppressed it? I think it, it was, a, it's a lot of it because again, you know, you even, the funny thing is when I first started doing my skits, I would get um, messages from like my, my siblings. Cause I'm, I'm the, I'm the youngest of, of nine. Oh. So I would get messages like, what's going on with you? Why are you doing that? You look like a fool. Like you, you, you know, you 40 something years old. You're not supposed to be doing that. Da, 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 da. Listen, you, you it, it's crazy. Like, you know, because again, they didn't, it's not like I told somebody, you know, oh, I'm going to do this and that. I just did it and posted it. I said, I'm going to see what people say. Yeah. It's like my closest family members were very, very skeptical about me jumping into the comedy thing. I had friends more so that were more supportive. Honestly, yeah. I'm just, I keep it, I tell people, I keep it all the way a hundred. Yeah. I have more friends was like, oh my God, yo, that was mad funny, yo, you need to do more. But my brothers and sisters, some of them was just like, yo, you you, you a little old for this and this and that. Cause like I said, I was, this was four, I was four, four or five years. I'm like 40, 46, 45, 46. Yeah. So they're saying, well, what are, what are you doing? And da, 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 da. And that, you know, you know, stuff like that. So they were looking more at like the image and they couldn't see what I was seeing, nor could they feel what I was feeling. But when I did that first video, I knew that I wasn't going to stop. I didn't care what they said. Yeah. Why do I know? This is what I do not get. Because I've, I've had similar experiences in terms of I feel like random strangers are way more supportive of me doing comedy than people who I know and have known for a long time. Like, that's not true for everybody I know. I'm not trying to, like, there's definitely friends I've had that are super supportive. But I'm just saying, like, I don't understand these people who I've known a long time that don't support. It's like all I'm doing is trying to play and have fun and it's like everybody we realize the older we get is life is full of shit and we're gonna have to deal with shit so why can't I have fun and be silly like who is who is it hurting I don't understand and these these preconceived ideas of reputation of who we should be so I think right so again so as the years went on yeah the only thing I can say from from what I experienced, so the hesitancy in my in my brothers and sisters, as the years went on, and the more I did, they really saw like, wow, wait, you you funny, like you really are funny, like maybe what's some so so they started rethinking their position, like, well, hold on for a minute, maybe I need to be supporting you because you are funny. So the the at first I, when I thought about it. I said, well, why didn't they do it in the beginning? I honestly think that they were just, they were scared for me. And they were scared for me for the unknown in terms yeah. of maybe they didn't want people to maybe chastise me or come at me or whatever have yeah. you. So I'm saying, well, maybe they were coming from a more protective type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, but but now, you know, I get text, oh, well, you know, when is the next one type of thing? Well, when your next skit, you know, well, make sure you tag me in it, you know, because I don't Aww. always be on, so make sure you tag me in it. So, but that, but I'm just saying that elevated through time. But in the beginning, it definitely wasn't like that. So like I said, you I just think, think it was maybe- like you're the, you said you're the youngest of nine. Do you think it was birth order playing in? Like, have they been like that your whole life with you? It, it, they, they do, but they know I do what I want to do anyway, you know, 
I, I just, I do. I think it was a, a protective thing. And I think that they was kind of like, this is unknown. Like I said, I've never done this is unknown charter tortoise territory. So I think it was a little bit of, they want to be protective big brothers and sisters. They didn't want me to be out in this unworld, unknown world and get hurt or, or somebody just say something to me or whatever the case may be. But I think I think now it's you know listen I got them coming to my shows now and, oh nice and uh, my my big brother he he just is like I, it's he told me his own word it's amazing to see you on stage he said I just he and he said I never imagined you I, he said I know I like your skits he said don't get me wrong he said I just never imagined you on stage doing comedy yeah, yeah. that's 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 what he said and and. I said, okay, and that's understandable because guess what? I didn't imagine myself on stage. It took me a long time to make the decision to say, I'm going to try it. I've thought about it, but then I said, no, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to be good enough. I had a lot of self-doubt myself. So I said, you know, I'm not going to do it. Then I said, I just kept pushing it off. And then I said, you know what? What? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. So once I wrote something and I went to the my first open mic, which was at Brooklyn House of Comedy. Um, and when I did okay, that gave me confidence to keep doing it. But I will say, if I didn't do okay, I still would keep doing I still yeah. would have kept trying. You know, because I don't want people to think the first time you do it, if you don't do good, then you should give up. No. If I, I had my years, I think it takes years and years. It's, it's like something like you've got to go in, in my opinion, for a long game, you know, because right. especially like how little time you actually get to practice, you know, like you need someone in front of you. So it's like, right. how often do you have people legit in front of you with a microphone in your hand? Like, right. You know, so right. it's like, you got to be willing to be like, all right, it's going to take a long ass time. I know like for me, like the first year alone was just about me not trying to pee myself on stage. Like I didn't, even, yeah, I was like, I don't care about any jokes. I just don't want to urinate on myself because I was so afraid, you know, right. but like, what about, because again, you said you thought about it for a long time before right. doing it. So right. Because, you know, it's so crazy. Like, again, this is like what boggles my mind about comedy. It's like, we all have those fears, like how your siblings were afraid that you might be like chastised or like you yourself acknowledging that it took you, you know, years to kind of like get over that. So what is, what was that about? What do you think uh, was holding you from just taking the plunge of doing it? I think just the, just the fear, the, the fear of the unknown. And the fear of, I think, you know what I told myself, I said, you know, because doing the skits, it was comfortable for me because you gotta remember when I do a skit, I, if I'm doing a two part skit, um, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in control of what you see at the end of the day because I'm editing. So you don't see, all you see is a finished product. You don't see all the mistakes. So, it, it took a while because uh, now you'll be able to see all my mistakes live. There's no, there's no, oh my cut. No, I don't want y'all to see. 
you can't tell the audience to not see that no more. <laughs> there's, there's no more that we're going to do a retake or I'm going to cut that scene out or cut that joke out because it wasn't that funny. So I, I was comfortable doing skits. So it took a, that took a while for me to think going on stage because I knew that when I went on stage, it was whatever they, whatever I, they saw, that's what it was going to be. Yeah. And that's, that's a scary thing. Why is it scary? It's scary because you don't know, you can practice in your head what you're going to say, but yeah. that's not necessarily what's going to come out your mouth. <laughs> okay. 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 So let's lean into this then. So, cause let's keep going up cause it's scary. So if it doesn't come out of your mouth, what's the worst thing in your brain that could happen? Like what's the Oh boy. So like you said, we can practice a joke, right? But then yeah. you can't practice an audience. Like you just, you can't practice hecklers. You can't practice an audience. Like you can't practice somebody yelling something from, from the audience. And even you can't, you can't practice, uh, even if it's a positive thing, they yell it. Oh my God, that was funny. You can't practice that because in your head, you want to go from a to B, you want to go from this joke to that joke. So if something is interrupting you or if something is throwing you off, if something is it just happened, who's to say, uh, but let's say the bartender break the glass. That could be something as that. And then next you know, your attention is there, you're thrown off. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot my, I forgot what I was going to say next. I forgot my next joke or where did I even. So it's like, even something as, as simple as a, a glass breaking or somebody getting up and walking out. Yeah. Somebody get while you're on stage, somebody getting up and walking out. That to me is like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> it can be so many things. But like yeah. you said, you can, you can, I can stand at home and practice my joke. But when you get on stage, you cannot practice what's going to happen while you're on that stage. So <laughs> in a way, you kind of got to go with the flow from what I learned. Like, you gotta be a little spontaneous and you have to leave some room for spontaneity because you just don't know. Like I had a guy that said something in between my set and I said something back to him. It was positive and it was funny, but then I had to jump back to my joke. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you kinda gotta, you gotta be spontaneous, but then you gotta kinda stay in, in sequence. It's not an easy thing. I'm not, saying it's easy but you gotta you kind of gotta be like quick on your feet yeah yeah you do I yeah definitely like especially when you're like in having those moments like with hecklers and people engaging because like you said you can't practice that you know at home you could just be like you know talk it over and over to yourself and it's fine but then all of a sudden yeah like one little thing can throw you off but what about um you know, again, because like this whole fear, like you were, you had mentioned the word fear. So it's like, what's the ultimate fear for you then with comedy? Like what happens? Um, just out of curiosity, like, because I know you did mention you play basketball. So obviously, like, I wonder if there's like a, a, a translation from like you and like the competitive nature of being an athlete and then translating into comedy of how you want to be able to have a level of like control over the outcome. Is that like, cause you said the word fear. Like, so I'm just curious, like that's what I'm diving into is like, what is that fear? Where's that coming well, from? 
if, if you, okay, so if you ask me some of the things that, that scares me about going on stage and doing stand-up comedy, or it's a variety of things. The one thing off the top of my head is just flat out forgetting my joke. Okay. Flat out forgetting my joke and, and standing there because you have the audience looking at you there. Listen, when you take that stage, the audience is ready for you to entertain them. So, um, you know, if you, if you, if you get up there and you said a joke fine and then next, you know, it's silent because you you forgot to joke. That's when it kind of like ad lib come in. So that scares me, but that's happened to me. But I, I, I kind of just went with something else until my mind clicked back to it. Yeah. So, um, I did forget my joke a few times, but like I said, I was able to, just talk about something else until I was able to get back. So I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of that, that, cause that, that happens often. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fearful of just not making people laugh. I mean, if, if you a stand up comic and you not fearful of not being able to make people laugh, then I, I don't, I, I would think something wrong with that. <laughs> but yes, I have a fear of getting on stage and, and telling jokes and nobody laughs. Yeah. That's, that's very scary. <laughs> That's very scary. Is, how much of comedy then is for yourself compared to the audience? Because I feel like sometimes with comedy, like, because you said earlier, like a lot of your comedy is you, right? You're like, this is your life and that's what you're sharing. So it's like, you, I feel like there's this divide with comedy where it's like, you can be solely for yourself and writing jokes. You're like, this is funny to me. And I'm going to stand on a microphone and shout it into the world because it's like, to me, there's like a level of empowerment, but then it's a very like selfish kind of like place where other right. people or other opportunities in comedy could be like, oh, I want to share this with everybody because they'll collectively think it's funny. So for yourself, how much do you feel comedy is, is it more for yourself or is it more for you of you wanting other people to have a good time? So, oh, okay. That's a, that's a twofold question. Um, I think, well, the stage, the stage, um, the stage is, is, is for me. I, I like, hold on. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What, what, what happened? Oh, a call came in, but why did you, okay. right. But why would the call do the zoom? Hold on one second. Sometimes okay. it like, I think it does that. Okay, so the 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 stage, I would say the stage is for me. Yeah. Because because I I enjoy it. And that and that's a that's a power in and of itself. To to that that grabbing that microphone when the when the host passed, because I've never been a host, so I've always been past the microphone. So when the <laughs> when the host when the host pass you, says your name and pass you that microphone, that's, that's power. So, so now you have, it's like, 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 like She-Ra, like I got control over y'all now. See, now, now y'all, now y'all waiting for me to give y'all a dose of this funny, but y'all gonna wait until I'm ready to give y'all that funny. That's that's power. So I, the stage, I, I definitely do for me because it's definitely an adrenaline rush. The, the writing, I do for me also because 
I'm not gonna lie, and I don't, don't don't think I'm crazy, but when I write certain things, I'm in here, I'm laughing my ass off. And listen, I laugh at my own self. So if I'm laughing and I'm like, I say to myself sometimes, you really gonna go there? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna go there. So I, if I, if, and I feel like if you're not, if you don't laugh at yourself, then nobody else gonna laugh at you. So, um, now, and the crazy part about it is, but I also do the same thing for, for, for other people because I think that laughter heals. I really, I really, really do. I, 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 it's a, to me, my go-to places are laughter and music. Uh-huh. I, you know, everyone has they, you know, in terms of coping mechanisms and things that they that they go through in terms in, in terms of stress or, or 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 you know stuff like that. And mine are comedy and music. So I really think when people 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 can heal through laughter. I think sometimes some people they're sitting in the audience, they got problems every, like everybody else. But for that five minutes or for that ten minutes or for that hour that they at that comedy show. They're laughing and they forgot about whatever problems that they were going through yeah. or whatever they just went through for that, for that, for however time that they at that show, we can get them to peel off all of that and just let loose and just laugh and just have a good time. Yeah. So I honestly think it's, it's, I do it for, for, for me and people, other people. So then you would say it's an equal split for you? I don't say it's equal but i know that i do it for both because um if i i, I say it's not equal because i know i do it more for me yeah. because um at the end of the day let's just say i don't even have any i don't have any shows booked or i'm not i'm not performing as much as i'm used as i used to i'm still writing and I'm still trying to create skits and stuff like that. So I definitely think I do it more for me, but I definitely love it when I do perform and people enjoy it. Uh, it's yeah. nothing, it's not, uh, that's, that's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. Um, I feel like though it's a really particular feeling with comedy because like, you know, again, comedy is so multi-layered, like where we're at. And, you know, again, for some people, like comedy can solely be for them. And particularly when you think about like this climate that we're living in, um, finding like having people like humor is so subjective, you know, right. it's like, it's like right. very complicated. So part of the premise of the podcast, what we look at is the balance of comedy and how, to me, a lot of comedy is rooted in this idea of your willingness to be vulnerable and um, the whole, whole idea of vulnerability. So what does it mean for you to be vulnerable? To be vulnerable, meaning to want to show your feelings. Don't mind showing if you're happy or hurt or sad. Um. You know, I, you, you, to me, you can't, you can't, I, okay, it's not to say you can't, because you can't. I think your, I think comedy, to me, I think comedy comes across better if you show a little bit of vulnerability. If you, if you show that, listen, I'm just like you. I'm, it's just that I decided to get up here and, and on stage and talk about what I'm going through. I think if you, if you, if you can show that, 
that side and, and, and show that I'm just like you. When I give this mic back to the host, I'm going to get a drink and sit right next to you. I think if you show that, it's more relatable Yeah. to the, to the audience and they feel like they're more connected. Do you do that? Do you feel like you show yourself? Oh, I feel like I show myself all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I show, I feel like I show myself. I feel like that, um, I, I feel like, uh, I think people, okay. So I, I, I'm going to just put it like this because you, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, we usually get five or six minutes to perform most of the time at these, at these, at these shows. I feel like in that five or six minutes, when I leave, I feel like I wish I could have gave more. And I feel like the audience would have loved to gotten to have gotten more from me. Like, I can't wait to a point where it feels like I can get 10 minutes, maybe. And maybe not a five or six. It feel like I'm rushing or jogging everything in down the throat. I feel like it'll give me time to really, really be, you know, and give them more of who they possibly could, could, yeah. could see. So what, yeah. are some, so what are some things that you give them that you find, you know, you're like, oh, I'm so nervous about doing this, but I know they're going to relate to it. So what are some of those things that you talk about? Well, I just talk about who I am, like in terms of being gay and in terms of being in a relationship, you know, with my wife for, for that we've been together for over 20 years. Um, I feel that a lot of people relate to that. I feel that um, obviously being, you know, a, fe a black female um, and being now 50. So I feel like I talk about, you know, the maturing, you know, aspect of it. I feel like I talk about, you know, gay issues and, you know, just, just being a woman in general. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's, that's a, that's a lot of baggage right there. Does, that, yeah, does any of that make you uncomfortable to talk about or nervous to talk about? No, no. Uh -uh. Do you have any any jokes that you uh, will talk about or want to talk about that make you uncomfortable? Do you have any material? Because that's another thing. A lot of comics, you know, some comics love to dance on the edges, you know, of like being like, all right, I'm really provocative. Here we go. I'm going to be dropping these boop, 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 trigger bombs, you know? And then some comics are more like, you know, like, I'm, like, not going to go out there. I want to be more, like, centered and more, like, neutral in the sense. Because, you know what I mean? And, again, there, there's both. There's benefits to both. There's beauty in both. Right. I always think comedy is, like, you know, a palette of colors. And so what about yourself? Like, where do you find yourself where you lie? Well, I, I think I I like to mix it up. Because I, 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 I curse, but... I, I think I call it like a necessary cursing. Yeah. I like, you know, I don't just curse just to be cursing. So it's like, I curse when I feel that's like it's necessary cursing, but, um, but you guys, excuse me, the fifties kicking in again, but what was, what was the main question? So my question was <laughs> like, I'm curious, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, listen, honey, I'm right there with you. I'm knocking on the door. So like I'm curious because like especially with doing comedy like you know again like so much of comedy is it for yourself is it for other people are you sharing your personal experiences or like you know on this idea of being provocative like some of our life choices 
you know, and some of the things we might want to joke about are very provocative in nature and make people really uncomfortable. And some comics shy away from that, you know? I just remember the question. You said, what am I scared to talk about? Yeah, I'm curious. Like, are there things that material, yeah, you won't touch on or you want to touch on and won't? Yes, and and I'm glad you asked that. And I I hope they don't listen uh, to this, but (laughs) I I wrote... I wrote a lot of material on my family, but I haven't, I haven't had the nerve to take it there yet. <laughs> well, because so, again, I don't know if I'm going to be invited to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's, that, but, but, but that's, that's truthful though. I have, I have material on a few of my family members. Yeah. That I have yet to take the stage yet. So that part I'm a little hesitant about. <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely very hard um, doing comedy and like writing about things like, again, people in our lives. Because um, some people don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah, so I can understand your hesitancy. But because because it's real. Like, again, it's not. I'm not saying, oh, you know, we don't necessarily fudge things or whatever, but the things that I've wrote about my family members are true. Yeah. It's just, it's just that I made them funny. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hesitant. <laughs> Do you think you're going to end up crossing that line and finally doing it? I think, I think I will, but I think because I'm already bordering that, like, I think I'm just going to have a conversation because I have something about my brother, I have something about my sister. I think my brother will be more okay with with it than my sister. Yeah. So I said, once I think I'm going to do it, I'll have a conversation, you know, with them first, and you know, ask them what they think. Like again, I'm, I think I'm, I'm gonna do what I want to do anyway. But if they really, if they really would have a problem with it, then I, I might not do it because again, I don't want my family mad at me. Yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of it, it sounds like so much of your comedy is rooted in love. So it's like, I feel like, you know, and especially too, like being able to jest with each other. Like I always find that that is a very significant bond that you can have with someone is that Mm -hmm. you can make fun of each other and just be like, like play and poke. And just realize that it's like, it's nothing serious, that it is literally just. So I hope that you get to be able to do that. Cause especially like, again, like people like people, I feel like audiences are hungry for that. They're hungry for, and again, being one of nine children is a really unique experience and being the youngest of nine children. So it's like, yeah, people want to hear about that. Like, Oh my God. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, like I said, there's, there's ways that I can still do it. I can, you know, not be, you know, not say certain things or whatever. Yeah. But I think, I think eventually I'm gonna, cause it's just, it's just too much. (laughs) It's too much to not draw on. It's just <laughs> so eventually, um, but I think I I think I'll start with my with, with my brother. I think he'll he'll be more of a of a um of a good um what do you call that? A good uh, sport. Yeah. He'll be definitely be more of a good sport about it. He, he he's one of the main ones that comes to a lot of my shows and stuff like that. So I That's think so he'll wonderful. definitely be Yeah, he'll he'll be more of a good sport about it. Yeah. 
that's a, what about other stuff then like what about um comedy do you do anything like in terms that's just more topical like do you get into political stuff or anything else like you know um any any concepts like again like what would you feel like that you get the audience might get uncomfortable with is there ever a time that you're like okay here's my set I'm gonna go in and then you see the audience and you look at them and you're like oh I don't know if I could do this do you ever have anything like that? Well, yes, I've had that. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that, but the, I, I very rarely um, like politics is. I I don't really do that a whole lot, and the religion thing, I don't I don't I don't do that. There's certain things I just stay away from. Um, and politics, I might take a jab here and there. Like I've taken a jab here and there, but it's like a it's like a quick jab and out. Like I don't stay there. Like that's not. In terms of politics, it's more than likely something that's happening current. Yeah, and I just got to speak on it, so I'll throw something in there about it, and you know, and make a joke about it, keep it pushing. But in terms of religion, I don't, I don't do that at all. Yeah. I don't, I, I stay away from that. Um, but in terms of being gay, and it's funny you said that. Now, I had there's this one bar, right? And, and I ain't gonna lie, it was, it was, it was, it was this was it was in the hood like and ooh, and uh um i'm not gonna lie i was hesitant about saying i was gay and again originally you gotta look not keep it real all the time unfortunately you have we in a caribbean environment you know not all caribbeans are uh gay friendly Mm-hmm. They, they obviously they're brought up to, you know, to think that being gay is not good or whatever the case may be. So this bar was was ninety nine point nine percent filled with Caribbeans. And I'm talking like, you know, hardcore men and things of that nature. So I'm not going to lie. I was hesitant about um, just just bringing up and making that up, you know, in terms of my jokes. But I said, you know what, I'm not going to not be who I am. Mm-hmm. but I'm not, of course I did the joke and of course I, I, I put more spin on it in terms of, you know, what I would usually do, but there was definitely hesitancy there. Um, so yes, there are times where I just look around the room and I say, okay. And that's one time that yeah. I said, I don't think the gay thing going to work in this crowd. Yeah. What do you think though, by, cause I, I do believe like, especially with comedy, there's a lot we have to get from just not being like, not just being able to get like, Oh, making people laugh in that connection. Like that's one wonderful thing. There's other things we also get from doing comedy, particularly like how you, you're, you said you're in a situation. And again, it was a Caribbean bar. You had this opportunity and you like, that's what, with comedy, it's kind of, I love that. It's like, we kind of have an opportunity to be like, all right, we don't think these people may be ready for it, but we try it anyway, you know? So it's like, what do you, what do you believe personally you have to gain from doing comedy besides making people laugh? Well, I think you said it in a nutshell is that, you know, with comedians, sometimes you're going to take a risk. And that night showed that to me. Like, like you said, you walk into different spaces in different rooms 
I don't know about you, but I don't have comedy for any kind of room there is out there. I have the comedy that I wrote that that's about me and my life. And if it doesn't necessarily fit in that room, then that room, I will have to make that room adjust to me. Basically, I won't necessarily adjust to the room. So I think that that um, I think you said it in a nutshell is that we take chances wherever we go because we're going to different areas. So I, let's say that the same jokes I told in this bar, maybe I'll go to Greenwich Village, the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and there's more mature people there or from, you know, different, um, different um, backgrounds or whatever. So um, I think we're going to take a chance wherever we step on stage, we're going to take a, we're taking a chance to see, are these people going to want, are they going to understand what I'm saying? Are they going to understand? Because in order to laugh, you got to understand what I'm saying. So are they going to understand my comedy or are they going to then laugh? It's, you know, so I think we take a chance regardless. And, um, and even in that setting, um, I got laughs, but I knew it wasn't going to be what I was used to. And that's OK, too, because every situation is, is, is a learning situation for me. Yeah. So what did you take away? What was your uh, lesson learned from that situation particularly? The lesson learned from that situation is always scope out where you got to show. <laughs> always do a drive-by the night before. <laughs> that would, I think, result in a lot of canceled shows. You know, like, oh my God, you go get there. Where the fuck am I performing? Yeah. That's it. You better, you better do a drive-by or, 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 or pull it up or something and, and, and see what see what your audience has the potential to be like oh <laughs> but did you is there part of you that loves those nights when you walk in and you're like what the like those nights where things go horribly awry and you bomb terribly like obviously it's not ideal you don't want it all the time but I do believe there's stuff that are equally also valuable to learn there you know what let me you- let me I'm glad you asked that because I'm just speaking in this that specific situation. I didn't necessarily even need to, you know, do the whole gay thing and all of that because what I did was it showed me use the use things that are going on now and just 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 be yourself and be funny. So when I got the when the guy introduced me, he passed me the microphone. I said, "Yo, let." I said, listen, his because his name was Joe. He was the host. I said, Joe, next time you call me to do a show, let me know if I need to bring my bodyguards with me because, yo, what's going on up in here? Like, so I just started talking about the 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 the, the lounge in and of itself. I said, listen, I should have known this is a different show when I seen the dude start pack fresh with people coming in. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what y- y'all are y'all about to have a shootout and not tell me? Listen, hell with these jokes. If y'all about to start shooting, I'm out of here. Y'all can, y'all can laugh tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? So I just started going off on, on, on things that was happening, but it, and it was true. Yeah. That's what made it funny. You had a security guard packed frisk with people like, what kind of? I said, yo, Joe, what, what do you got me involved in, my, my dude? <laughs> you got to let me know next time. So I, I trust me, I got brothers. I, I can bring security with me. You know what I'm saying? So... I did. I did a lot of off the cuff that night. Yeah, yeah. Good lesson, yes, I, though. Definitely, you just do adapt, and it's like 
I feel like comedy definitely helps us become more adaptable in life. I definitely feel like with this pandemic, you know, and again, seeing the way people use their time. And I love watching the videos that people make. Again, it's just, and there's no such thing as too much laughter. Like we have enough of everything that is going on. So I always appreciate comedians that are trying to, again, just make people laugh. But what about, because again, I feel like too, we're living in, kind of a delicate time um you know and then you think about doing comedy and then of course I always like to talk to comedians about cancel culture um you know do you like do you find yourself ever like worried that you might end up in that position or do you find it necessary that it exists okay well to me, <laughs> you 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 don't. To me, the cancel culture only applies to celebrities. That's just my personal opinion. Because if somebody don't watch me or don't want, who cares? Like, who am I? Like, you understand what I'm saying? But I think I think in terms of comedy, that's the only thing that I said about comedy. If I had a a, a negative. The one, the one of the main things, like if I had the top three things about comedy I don't like, that would be number one. The fact that people are too sensitive and they you feel as if you have to water your comedy down. Yeah. That would probably be my number one. Like we, we like the Richard Pryors and, 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 and the Millie Jacksons and all of those people like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it feel like comedy has to be censored. Feel like it has to be watered down feel like you have to watch what you say because this group will be offended and that group will be offended. And at the end of the day, it's just jokes. It's comedy. That's it. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, hurt or whatever. We just laughing and keeping it pushing. So I, I do. I think, I think this, this, this generation is just too sensitive. I really do. I, I, I think all of that cancel stuff, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, I think, you know, the art, people don't understand that comedy is an art form. And yes, there are going to be people that make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And yes, deal with them on their mistakes. But in terms of, okay, well, you can't, you, you said this about these people, or you said this about whatever, you know what? you can't work for us no more or we're canceling your contract or we're taking your sponsorship and stuff. Like, I just think that's going too, too, too far where you talk about, okay, people make mistakes. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But now you're talking about changing people's livelihoods and things of that nature. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. Um, And I, I think, I think, I think, People are too sensitive, and 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 sometimes I think people people nitpick and they and they want to create friction and they want to create problems where sometimes there's none. Yeah. But unfortunately, it seems like that's the culture that we're in. We're in a culture that they are dissecting what you say word for word, yeah. syllable syllable for syllable, yeah. and they are trying to see. Oh, did he say that wrong? How did he say? It? Did he say it in I high Did he did he target this group? Oh, and then they're, they're looking for you. Yep. So I think I think that's the unfortunate piece. 
That's like I feel like I should have came out. I should have came out in comedy in the seventies. Oh my god! Oh my! I think like, oh, golly, how much fun it would have been. Like I keep thinking, if I had started comedy when I was young, because I was like older, and like, oh man, I missed the scene. I missed it, and like, yeah, like the shit that people probably could have gotten away with. Because now it gets a little people's buttholes get a little tight and you're like come huh, relax you know relax relax yeah. relax i'm just trying to make people laugh that's right. it i'm not i'm not trying i'm not trying to start no no political war i'm saying again my opinion i'm saying how i stand on something and again i just i just think that you know i mean don't get me wrong we're still making it work but it's just, to me, it's just, it's, um, and you can tell it's watered down. Yeah. I don't think it's going to, honestly, though, I do feel like there probably will be a shift again because it, to me, there's a level of inauthenticity about it because, mm. you know, the reality, and this is what social media neglects because I really feel social media is the big drive behind cancel culture. Um, it's because all the people, like you said, can get on the bandwagon and be angry and be unified together. But the reality is, is you're taking away from the experience of actually knowing someone. Like, you know, like when you meet someone in person, you can read their energy. And like, right. you might say something to me and it'd be like, oh my gosh, and like, I'll know you're joking. But just if you were to like hear just the actual words, like, how easily someone could misconstrue something without right. recognizing, reading the energy of the person. You know, actions do speak louder than words. Right. Or you ever get that time where you you got two, three words of of the of the whole sentence, and then you say, "Well, wait a minute. Well, what else did they say?" Now you got to go look it up to hear the whole thing. But meanwhile, they just cut out an excerpt. Yeah. But once you once you read the whole thing. Yeah. It doesn't seem as offensive as the one excerpt that they took out. Yeah, right. You know, and even like someone mentioned this, I was talking with another comedian. And I thought this was a relevant point that it's like, you know, there's money to be made by people being offended. Like if you say right. something offended now, like offensive, I could write an article about this and be like, oh my God, Marcy, the, like now I, my relevance can be based on your, your triggering right. me, you know? Right. <laughs> why, why did you do Marcus? I'm so offended. Oh my God. Like shut up people, relax. So you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. What I was, what, what's the last, what's the last show that you did? So I took a break for, um Christmas I was off for like a month so okay. I haven't done yeah like in a so tomorrow I have a show yay finally because like I said with uh the damn virus and everything I just kind of like was locked in the house okay um, well nice where, where you gonna be I'm gonna it's a, down in Red Bank tomorrow so that should be fun it's you know I'm excited yeah what about you what about where can we can you tell everybody where can we catch you I ain't got nothing booked that, listen, I, I don't have nothing. The last show that I did, it was actually, I was scheduled for a show and it was canceled. Yeah. Yep. And that was, that was last weekend. Uh, I was scheduled for a show and then, you know, again, it got canceled. Yeah. I guess the COVID stuff or whatever. I, I guess, the, you know, the promoter, you know, so, but I don't have anything booked because like I said, you know, people was kind of like, you know, iffy and if they should still take a chance. No. So, well, you know, 
We'll we'll see what happens. I know. I, that's what I keep waiting. Like everything, I keep expecting things to be canceled, like the day of, you know, because it's like, all right, right, you know what I mean. So, well, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna stay ready just in case you know those texts come. Yeah, exactly. Well, this can't. Well, I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it can't last forever because at this point, I've decided anything is fucking possible so anything you know it's anything. nice that we have i believe i like the fact that we have social media you know at least to do the videos because i know yeah it's like it's at least still another fun creative outlet to make people yes. laugh so Martha, yes. i just want to say it's been wonderful talking with you today thank you so much for being able to take time out of your schedule to thank you it was, it was a brain. pleasure it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I appreciate you having me. And well, I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. <laughs> no, absolutely. I loved, like I said, I was so excited when I met you. And it was just, it was so fun. Like, you just seemed like you had, like, so much fun on stage. Like, you were just, like, really, like, present and engaged. And just, like, I loved how silly you were. And it's, like, yeah. again, it's because, like, especially, like, that's what I'm trying to chase after. It's, like, I just want to have fun in life. Life. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's like, why, why do we have to stop playing as adults? You know, and it's <laughs> yes, that needs to that needs to be on a t-shirt. Like, yes, stop putting age restrictions on people. Yeah. If you feel to do it and you have the energy to do it, do it. Yep. Yep. Do it. Lord, you're not hurting yourself, not right. putting yourself in any risk or putting yeah. anybody in else in any harm's way. Right. Do it. There's either my because my mother tells me this. She's like, oh, I'm too old. And I go, bullshit. You're either alive or you're dead. That's all. There's no such thing as too old. Right. That is, you know, and there was like a quote, cool, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, you know, that becomes like a cop out to is is an excuse to not do things. Right. Right, exactly. So, That's right. I like that. You listen. You either dead or you're alive. You ain't too old. No. Nope. That's right. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. So I hope I hope so much to share a stage with you. I hope to see you soon. So let's. Yes. Woo, yeah. Yes. Definitely. Hope to see you on the comedy scene. And if not, listen. We got each other's information, so you know we we'll definitely run into each other eventually. Yeah, I definitely have your back always. Right? And keep and keep killing it. And thank you, you again for having Thanks me. Thanks so much for being here, Marcy. And if you could do me a favor, tell everybody one more time where they can find you on social media. Um, uh, uh, Instagram, Marcy M A R C Y Smiles, and uh, TikTok, Laugh with Me six zero two. All right, Marcy. Well, thank you so much again for being here. All right, take care now. <laughs>